Well, welcome to the latest podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. You know, every week there's something just bizarre going on as far as the economy is concerned. I guess that's what makes it so much fun, if that's the right word. So this week it was inflation news. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about what this means and what it doesn't mean. And then we'll sort of go from there. We got numbers that were slightly higher than were expected. And what we've seen for the whole last year is a pretty steady decline in inflation. So we've seen the inflation rate come down to two and a half, three percent. It kind of depends on how you define it. And that's one of the things that drives people nuts about economists because we have an endless number of interpretations. There is core inflation, there is headline inflation, there is super core inflation, all kinds of different delineations. Core inflation is basically everything except um, food and fuel. So what you're trying to avoid is the volatility of those markets. I mean, the critical thing with inflation from an economist's perspective is that you want to measure it. You want to be able to tell if prices are going up or prices are going down. So you tend to want to eliminate from your computations things that change constantly. And whenever you're messing with food and fuel, it ends up being a matter of when did you compare. You know, when in last year's numbers were you comparing to this year's numbers? And so we just punt and don't count those two. But headline inflation does because we're well aware of the fact that food and fuel are the number one things that people spend their money on. So when we're looking at the inflation numbers that the Fed pays attention to, it's going to be as measured by PCE, personal consumption expenditures. This is the more accurate way of looking at inflation. Uh, it is more all-encompassing, but because it is more all-encompassing, it tends to lag as far as the data is concerned. You know, we end up getting like the consumer price index comes out at the beginning of every month because it's kind of a artificial measure. You know, what you do for CPI or the producer price index is that you have a mythical basket of goods that the average consumer, average family of four is ostensibly buying. So you look up all the prices for that one month and then you look it all up for the next month and the difference is what inflation is. The two assumptions, however, is that one, you have the basket correct, so you actually know what people are spending their money on, and two, you have an average family of four, which we really don't now. I mean, boomers don't spend like Gen X, and Gen X doesn't spend like Gen Z, and so on. So PCE doesn't look at these artificial numbers. It looks at what we actually spent our money on. However, it takes two or three months for that data to come out. So PCE numbers right now are right around two and a half to three, somewhere in that range. About where the Fed would like the inflation rate to be. At the six-month rate, it's already at 2.5. At the annual rate, it's closer to three. So now that I've bored you to tears with how we deal with inflation, what does the slight increase that we saw this week mean? All of that increase was coming off the service sector. So energy prices still down, food prices in general still down, commodities prices in general still down. Aluminum is down, copper is down, even steel products, most of them are down. I mean, there's certain variations within those categories, but mostly down. What came up was the service sector, and service sector is wages. 
So when you're looking at a jump there, what you're seeing is what we've been looking at for the last couple of years, which is wage hikes. The labor shortage has contributed to this, obviously, because there are fewer people available with the proper skills. But you basically have begun to see that wage price spiral develop. And this is what scares the Fed and other central banks to death. What happens with that wage price spiral is that wages go up because people have leverage and they're able to demand more money, and they do. Then the producer, who is now paying higher wages, has to increase their prices to accommodate the interesting labor cost increase, which then prompts the workers to ask for more money because the prices have gone up, which prompts the producers to raise their prices again which prompts the workers to ask for more money again. And so it goes, and it becomes a spiral, and it's really hard to stop because you're either going to have to have something that halts those wage increases, which is usually unemployment, or the producers are going to have to start kind of eating some of those labor costs because the consumer can't afford the product anymore. But that's that's a long process. So what the Fed is now looking at is this service sector push that is going to be really hard to bring under control. And you're already starting to see the Fed hedge a little when it comes to lowering rates. It's basically saying, yeah, we still see a reason to. We still think that we're going to be on target to lower rates towards second half of the year, maybe by three quarters of a point when all is said and done, one quarter point at a time. However... If we start to see this inflation number continue to rise, if you still see those wages continuing to go up, if the unemployment rate stays low, if all these factors keep contributing to wage inflation, well, maybe we don't lower rates. Maybe we don't lower them as far as we might have. Maybe we delay. And what's happening as far as a reaction to all of this, and this is what affects the ASA member most, there is an expectation that rates will come down. And if that expectation is holding, it means that companies are delaying their projects. They're like, why would I borrow money now when I think the rates are going to come down second, third quarter, fourth quarter? So you've got a bunch of companies that are, for all intents and purposes, waiting for the sale. I mean, if you're going to buy something and you know that there's going to be a sale later, well, you wait for the sale. And what's happening now is construction projects and, I mean, just this morning I was speaking to a group of of people in the design-build part of construction and they said, we're suddenly running into a lot of projects that have not canceled, but they're delaying. They're basically saying, look, I'm going to have to borrow money to do this. Why would I borrow now? It's going to be cheaper in a quarter or two or three, I think. So it's just the anticipation. So if the Fed begins to really back off of lowering rates that could trigger some people to get back into these projects or it could trigger them to wait even further and say well okay the fed's not going to lower rates in 24 maybe in 25 so the long-winded version of what's going on with inflation it is not defeated that was always the issue all along was that we're certainly seeing improvement but we're seeing it in areas that are notoriously volatile. Oil prices can jump back up. Commodity prices can jump back up. As long as the wage pressure is consistent, and it continues to be, I mean, the unemployment rate's still very low, quit rate's still very high, 
you've got the potential for either a Fed delay or even abandoning the whole notion of lowering rates this year. So there you go. I wish I had a more definitive answer, but, you know, the Fed has not chosen to put me on the board of governors. I don't know why. I would think I'd be just a dandy one, but that's that's their call, not mine. So next week we'll talk about something else of great import. Thanks for listening.